You can save 15% or more at Amazon when you pay with Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv. You can set your own discount. 5% gets you fastest delivery, or you can set it to 30% or more if you're not in a hurry. Purse makes it so easy to save money at Amazon by buying with crypto. Just go to purse.bogosity.tv and start saving now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast 2018 Year in Review. It's been quite a year. We've had the ups, we've had the downs, and we don't have time to review it all. But let's look at some highlights over the year and, of course, name 2018's Idiot of the Year. Europe has been quite the repeat offender this year. We've seen them collude with tech companies to deal with so-called pirated content, protecting copyright holders at the expense of not only small content producers who were using copyrighted content via fair use for things like commentary or criticism, or even weren't using them at all like the YouTube video that was hit by five different copyright claims, even though it was literally just white noise but also any startups who wanted to compete by making it more expensive for them to do so, requiring not only extensive legal teams, but also development of their own copyright warning system, which never seemed to be enough for the big music and movie producers. They claimed they weren't going to legislate any requirements, but that soon proved to be a lie with the passage of Article 13, which has copyright restrictions so extreme they even ban memes. One hilariously bad incident was when it resulted in the takedown of public domain recordings of Beethoven's works. Of course, it's not just Europe. The Screen Composers Guild of America wants a tax on the entire internet to go to them because of money supposedly lost through piracy. But anyway, making it an even bigger fail is when the man behind Article 13, as well as Article 11, which would even force a copyright on links, was surprised by what was actually in the law. The European Commission also said that terrorist media posts, whatever they are, should be removed within an hour. This as a Swedish woman was sentenced to two years in prison for a Facebook meme. How about the fact that the EC's own website was found to be in violation of GDPR, the same law that made over 1,200 news sites illegal in the EU, but they responded basically with, That's okay, the law doesn't apply to us! By the way, GDPR-mandated systems have already begun to be hacked. Could have seen that coming. The EU also basically mandated fragmentation in the Android space as they said that Google couldn't provide basic apps in their Android operating system. Despite the fact that you've always been able to remove Google's apps and install competing apps, they not only said that Google couldn't include those apps, it actually increases costs for developers, vendors, and ultimately users. And then there was the time when the London Metropolitan Police warned that they would act against hate crimes, even though they were completely unable to explain what hate crime actually means. Of course, if they weren't trying to focus on that, maybe they would have had time to stop all those knife attacks which made London's murder rate higher than New York's. As it was, London Mayor Sadiq Khan thought the perfect solution was new knife control laws. But considering that this is in a country that arrested a man for possession of a potato peeler, nothing about it surprises us anymore. Well, it was a bit bizarre when London police threatened to arrest Facebook users for mocking a post of them being so proud for confiscating a really tiny amount of marijuana. 
Funny they didn't seem as concerned about much larger amounts of drugs being found at the UK Home Office. But it must have had some sort of effect because later Facebook purged several pages claiming they were fake news when they were really websites and groups that posted stories critical of law enforcement. Speaking of giant law enforcement blunders, there was the forced shutdown of Backpage.com amid bogus claims of sex trafficking. This resulted in the U.S. passing SESTA and FOSTA, which supposedly stops sex trafficking but really prohibits any sexual service online, and it resulted in Craigslist taking down their entire personal section. The loss of those sites, especially Backpage, proved to be the worst thing for law enforcement because they had been working with law enforcement to find actual criminals, whereas now arrests have dropped massively while sex workers turn back to dangerous streetwalking where they can't easily choose or vet their clients. Nice work, morons. One of the most amazing individuals for truly idiotic statements is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who made some very basic and serious math errors when she complained about funding war, but not Medicare for all, which would cost some $32 trillion over 10 years, more than the government receives in revenues, said that the only reason unemployment was down under Trump is that people were working two jobs, which is not how it works, and anyway, only about 4% of American workers have more than one job, banned reporters from her public town halls because cameras and press made them uncomfortable, claimed that the Pentagon was hiding in a steamer trunk enough money to pay for Medicare for All, an amount enough to completely pay off the national debt, said that the three chambers of government are the presidency, the Senate, and the House, and she took time off for a self-care break before even being sworn in. We've also seen plenty of online censorship ramping itself up, beginning with a German hate speech law that was used against satire accounts on Twitter. James Damore made some perfectly reasonable suggestions as to how Google could attract more female applicants and was derided as a misogynist by the SJW mob and fired by Google in violation of their employment contract. Mark Zuckerberg actually called for more regulation of social media, and, as is always the case, the real motivation was to lock in Facebook's position and try and stop competition. Things in Venezuela continue to crumble as their socialist government makes it more and more difficult to do business, causing many brands like Kellogg's to pull out of the country entirely. Fortunately, there is good news as the cryptocurrency Dash is now taking it over 2,500 vendors in Venezuela, including places like Subway. Hopefully this gives them a real solution that can make 2019 a much better year for them. And, oh my god, Kavanaugh. What can I say about the whole Kavanaugh kerfuffle? People should have been saying that Kavanaugh shouldn't be confirmed because of his history of rulings that blatantly contradict the First, Second, Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments. Instead, politicians in the news media screeched loudly over clearly bogus claims of sexual harassment that fell apart very quickly. But in so doing, they made the confirmation hearings not about his record as a jurist, but about whether those allegations were true or not. That's the problem with things like this. They make you confirm the wrong guy for the wrong reasons. But there were some good things, too, like the recipients of the Silver Cluon Award. 
First, Richard Shankman wanted for uploading his sequel to The Man From Earth onto the Pirate Bay for free with a message to please support the project through donations. Then, Royal Nunsuch wanted for making guns out of scrap and selling them to his city of Columbia, Missouri for $300 each in their gun buyback program. Gun advocate Colian Noir took it for showing how the news media actually inspires mass shooters. He cleverly took the media's call for Second Amendment violations in response to mass shootings and parodied it by calling for First Amendment violations of the news media. He then explained that the anxiety that people rightly feel when he pretended to call for First Amendment violations is exactly how Second Amendment advocates feel when people call for violations of that amendment. Of course, the media pitched a fit, taking his first part completely out of context and pretending that Noir was actually calling for laws inhibiting news reporting. They beautifully confirmed the exact point he was making. Fourth, the Government Accountability Office received it for showing how the DoD had completely horrible cybersecurity in its weapon systems, despite spending $1.66 trillion. In one case, it took a two-person team just an hour to take complete control of a crucial system. And they had plenty of other examples as well, such as when they were able to make a window pop up on user screens telling them to insert two quarters to continue. Rather than promising to do better, the DoD waved it off. And finally, Yarko Sakinen took the award for exposing the hypocrisy around the Linux Foundation's new code of conduct when he suggested that the F-word everywhere in comments be replaced with the word hug, creating yet another SJW firestorm. Well, now let's hear what Charles Thomas has to say. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is me, Charles Thomas, a.k.a. Duke C.T., with you on Bogosity with my idiot of the year. I know this is a, a old trend coming back for 2018, but my idiot of the year is the entire political left that is screeching about Russia. Ah, yes, the Russian narratives that everyone keeps playing out, saying, oh, it was Russia. Russia caused this situation. Everyone's saying Russia uh, made Trump president. Russia got people uh, hating each other. Russia, 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 Russia. It just seems to me as a bit of a, what was the word you call it? Scapegoat? Yes, there it is, the scapegoat. I mean, it wasn't Russia that continued bombing uh, multiple countries with no provocation or any attack to the you know the United States at all. It wasn't Russia who pretty much poisoned the water supply in Flint, Michigan. It wasn't Russia who has the police of the United the place in this country, the United States, being so armed to the teeth that pretty much had you know minorities, black people, and everyone else getting killed. By the police, you know, like they say Russia and Russia and such. Just ignoring the fact that, that this stuff is uh, happening. It's just amazing that these leftists, these people who think it was all good, it was all good in the neighborhood, but, you know, ignored everyone else. But see, that's the whole problem with government these days, you know. When my side's in, it's all good. We're just one step away from Star Trek. And then, well, when the bad guys are in, well, we're just one step away from idiocracy. See, 
That's how it is, ladies and gentlemen. Heck, I would have taken Blade Runner at this point. You know, artificial limbs and all that cool stuff there. But instead, what we got is just basically, well, bland, mediocrity, and people blaming Russia for everything. But hey, that's my idiot of the year. Just the entire left screeching about Russia and no personal responsibility. Come on now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all the people in between. You have to admit that instead of looking into inward and being humble, but instead blaming another country and not looking within. <laughs> yeah. That's what true idiocy is, is repeating the same narrative. But that's just me. Anyway, this is Duke CT here. Catch you later, Shane. Peace out, Bogosity, Universe, and all that good stuff. Woo! Yes, it's completely ridiculous. And probably the most blatant example is The Guardian, with their claim that Paul Manafort visited Julian Assange inside the Ecuadorian embassy. Glenn Greenwald of The Intercept called out his former paper on this more than once. He recently wrote... How could it be that Manafort, of all people, snuck into one of the most monitored, surveilled, videoed, and photographed buildings on the planet on three separate occasions without any of that ostensibly smoking gun visual evidence having emerged, including in The Guardian's own story? Why would The Guardian publish a story of this magnitude without first requiring that its Ecuadorian intelligence sources provide them with such photographic or video evidence to publish it or at least review prior to publication? How could it be that Manafort's name never appeared in any of the embassy entrance logs? What was the bizarre sensationalist reference to Russians that The Guardian included in its article but never bothered to explain? The Guardian, which likes to pride itself on flamboyantly demanding transparency and accountability from everyone else, has refused to provide any of this own. None of this is an aberration. Quite the contrary, it has become par for the Trump-Russia course. One major story after the next falls apart, and there is no accountability, reckoning, or transparency. Neither CNN nor MSNBC, for instance, have to date bothered to explain how they both independently confirmed the totally false story that Donald Trump Jr. was offered advanced access to the WikiLeaks email archive, all based on false claims about the date of an email to him from a random member of the public. Greenwald's thoughts on this are very similar to Chris Hangartner's. Hello, everyone. This is Chris from the Bogosity Podcast co-host group. Well, 2018 could have gone better. There's been a lot of bogus this year. Now, coming up with my Idiot of the Year nomination was very tricky, as there were so many candidates I could have picked from. Initially, I was going to nominate the European Union, but in the long run, I felt that once again, the big news-slash-entertainment industry should be given it. This is due to them still spreading the myths and lies about Russia's alleged involvement in U.S. politics, the spreading of fake information involving gun ownership and its connection to the mentally ill, and their continued support of radical political extremists on the left, yet demonizing anyone who's even moderately right-wing. There go, I give the mainstream media this nomination for Idiot of the Year. The news media actually outnumbered and outbogused everyone else this year. They hit the fear button with driverless cars when a Tesla hit a bicyclist, even though the sheriff, and for that matter, anyone who watched the dashcam video, can tell that even the most alert human driver couldn't have stopped it as she darted right out in front of the car, jaywalking, at night at a place with no street lights. 
there was a lot of moaning and wailing about the end of net neutrality, when actually 2018 was a year of amazing growth for internet speeds in the U.S., pretty much every prediction of the net neutrality advocates failed miserably, and they had to resort to calling things such as typical mobile high-speed plans that were in place throughout net neutrality as something that absolutely wouldn't have happened. The war on pain patients swung into high gear as government spread lie upon lie upon lie to justify the FDA and the DEA forcing companies to cut back on production, and the news media gleefully repeated it all despite the fact that the CDC said that prescription abuse and overdoses were at an all-time low and the problem was illicit fentanyl on the black market. In fact, as we saw, the only thing this policy seems to be doing is increasing suicides among pain patients. And, of course, there was a lot more gun control nonsense with pretty much everyone in the news media blindly repeating every town for gun safety's claim of dozens of school shootings by the month of March, when most of them didn't resemble school shootings at all, including one suicide in the parking lot of a building that used to be a school. PolitiFact had to take down a bogus claim that mass shootings increased 200% since the assault weapons ban expired, which they just haven't. And funny how they didn't cover the CDC data that was discovered, buried by the CDC since the late 90s, that millions of crimes every year are thwarted by an armed citizen. Funny how they never seem to cover any of that. And it all ends up generating so much hysteria about this among members of the public that it makes people call 911 to report a man with a gun when he was really playing a bassoon. And then there was the hysteria over 3D printed guns and how easily people could make their own guns, which is interesting in light of the media's repeated contention that Second Amendment advocates only do what they do because they're in the back pocket of gun manufacturers. But then, if the news media had to be consistent, most of their stories and reporters would have to go. And not to mention their call, echoing that of several New York Democrats, for social media history to be included in gun background checks. Then there was the time Salon.com called for the banning of memes they considered to be alt-right. Or the times when many, many, many news outlets lost their minds over people who gave the OK sign, thinking it was some secret white supremacist signal, a rumor that began as a 4chan prank. But of course, it's not the first time they've fallen for those. Trump derangement system got cranked up to 11, too many times to cover, but the biggest one had to be how they were screaming disaster after Trump pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord, when it turns out that the U.S. had the biggest decrease in carbon emissions, far more than the Paris Accord would have required because of natural gas and fracking, two other things the news media screeches loudly about. But CNN is probably the biggest offender, big shock, and we covered many times they just got it wrong and never corrected themselves. One of the most obvious was their coverage of Hurricane Florence, which showed them trying to make things out to be worse than they are when Anderson Cooper either stood in a hole or got on his knees to make it look like he was hip deep in water when the camera crew were only in above their ankles. When the Weather Channel was caught out with similar shenanigans, with their reporter pretending to be struggling against the wind while people in the background were walking along normally, CNN's Brian Stelter tried to defend them, saying, quote, The channel noted that the two individuals in the background are walking on concrete while he's on wet grass, and he was undoubtedly exhausted from constant live shots. 
Uh, that has no bearing on how much the wind's pushing on him, or why the reporter was leaning the wrong way. There's also the time they were caught deliberately lying about the Michael Cohen story, saying he was present when Trump was supposedly told in advance about a meeting between his son and some Russians. CNN refused to retract the claim after their anonymous source admitted the claim was false. Cohen's actual claim, before and since, has been that he has no knowledge of any such meeting. That anonymous source turned out to be Lanny Davis, whom they had explicitly said had refused to comment. And then there was the time they claimed that memes contributed to teenage obesity. The worst was blatantly going against the very thing that made the internet great, which is the idea that websites and other service providers can't be held responsible for the actions of their users. But Gab.com was shut down entirely because of one post by one man who ended up shooting up a synagogue in Pittsburgh as if there hadn't been plenty of cases where terrorists had posted on Facebook or Twitter first. But because of all the news media hysteria and even threats, PayPal, Stripe, and other payment providers shut off access to Gab. And their domain name itself was even temporarily canceled. It didn't end there. More recently, Patreon banned Sargon of Akkad, even though he did absolutely nothing to violate their terms of service, apparently at the behest of PayPal and Stripe. When he and many other creators and users out of protest moved over to Subscribestar, just a couple of influential media individuals raised a stink about it, saying that Subscribestar was about hateful, alt-right, white supremacists, etc. You know how they go on. And in a matter of mere days, the payment providers had shut off Subscribestar's access, too. Despite their crowing about Colian Noir's satire, the news media does, in fact, hate freedom of speech. They only complained when it was their speech that he was jokingly talking about prohibiting. As Greenwald said, the U.S. media has become very adept at outrage rituals whenever they are denounced as fake news. They should spend some time trying to become as skilled in figuring out why such attacks resonate for so many. So it just had to be that for the second year in a row, the news media is 2018's Idiot of the Year. Well, that's it for 2018, but the Bogosity shows no signs of slowing, so I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about this year. Regular podcasts continue next week. So thanks to all of my co-hosts, thanks to all of the donors and patrons, especially those who have stuck it out through this whole Sargon Patreon business, and as always, thank you for listening. Until next week, here's a quote from H.L. Mencken. A newspaper is a device for making the ignorant more ignorant and the crazy crazier. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv, your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now.